heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Well, hey there, Growth Junkies. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. My name is Kent, one of the co-hosts, and joining me, as usual, is Mr. Ben. Hi. Hey, <laughs> we, we, um, we know that this is election season, and we've had some of our listeners actually ask us to talk a little bit about politics. Yes, they have. And we have to confess to you, we, we, we got a little cold sweat initially <laughs> and thought, man, I don't know if we want to talk about politics. Do it we really so, want to do this? <laughs> oh, man. So we went back and forth and decided, yeah, you know, grow junkies have some things to say about politics. Of course. So given the fact that there's a big election coming up, and a lot of you out there are probably also struggling with these issues, we figured Ben and I would come together and do an episode or maybe more mm-hmm. on politics. We're not going to talk all things politics, right. but some particular relevant issues that we keep hearing brought up. Right. And uh, issues like you know, the pro-life, pro-choice issue is a major issue for people. And in Christian circles, where Ben and I spend a lot of our time, the pro-life issue seems to be the issue. Mm -hmm. So we want to talk a little bit about that. And here's something we want you to know. We we did not pre-talk this stuff. No. We don't know (laughs) what we're going to say. I don't know what Ben's going to think. He doesn't know what I'm going to think and what I'm going to say. So we're really, truly going to process out loud in this episode with you, so you can get fresh observation. What's rolling around in our minds mm-hmm. as growth junkies? How do we approach issues like this? How do we approach the polarization? I mean, we've got people on both sides that like hate each other. Yeah. And and there's extreme views and everybody's upset. And as soon as you post or say anything politically, somebody blows up. So we acknowledge the fact that some of you might not agree with everything that Ben's going to say or I'm going to say. That's okay. We have no problem. One of the values here at Growth Junkies is that we permit people to disagree. And one of the real strategies of this, we realize the risk we're taking here, and we know that. But one of the strategies, I think, is we want to be able to thoughtfully have a discussion about it. We're not saying that other people aren't doing that. So please, I realize that people can get mad at me for what I just said. (laughs) Like you're accusing us of not being thoughtful. Mm. Well, that's not it at all. Like we want to discuss these issues. We realize when you approach a subject like politics, there are so many periphery things going on. Mm -hmm. And and you could spend time looking at each one of them individually. And we're not going to touch all of them, uh, the ones that you potentially care about. Uh, but we are going to touch a variety of them mm-hmm. and just have some discussion about uh, the effects of how you look at it from different angles. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're trying to accomplish is have a discussion about it and and maybe in doing so provide perspective that you go, oh, that was really valuable how they handled that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, from a specific angle as well, I'd say from a growth junkies angle. Yeah. We're specifically interested in, in, in a growth perspective. Yeah. So how does someone who considers himself to be a growth junkie process politics in yeah. this election season? And the way I would uh, layer into what you're saying there is, is basically we believe as growth junkies, thoughtfulness is a skill. It's a tool. It's something that's helpful to being a growth junkie. And we apply it to a variety of topics. Politics just happens to be one that 
we struggle to apply it to, I think. It can yeah. be so inflammatory. We, be, we can become uh, quickly divisive in the way we approach it that we don't really accomplish anything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the goal here is to stimulate discussion, to mm-hmm. get you to think, um, not to get you to agree necessarily, but maybe to hear a perspective from a growth and development perspective. Mm-hmm. How, how do we deal with this stuff? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw this out there just to kind of get things going. Um, I think we all understand, you know, I hear this repeated over and over again by people saying, this is the most important election in all of history. <laughs> Everything rides on it. And on one side says, if if one guy gets elected, the world's going to go to pot. Everything's <laughs> going to fall apart. And then the other side says, if the other guy gets elected, the world's going to fall apart and we're all going to leave this country. And so everyone's completely like worked up. Which the reality is it's massive destruction either way. Well, yeah, but it's extreme. I mean, it's like it's, it's all right. going to fall apart as though these two figures and, and by figures we're talking about really, you know, Biden and Trump, the two main figures yeah, in this election. Right. There are others, by the way. Sure. So there are other options, even though others would want you think that there's only two and you've got to you know choose one of those two. Some people have Kanye West as an option. Some do. I've heard really interesting people voted for Kanye uh-huh. West. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's probably as qualified as other two guys anyway. So (laughs) there are other options. Um, But just taking those two, um, everyone wants to argue that basically those are your only two options. And depending which one you choose, the world's going to either, you know, thrive or burn. Mm -hmm. And um, they threaten that if you don't vote for their candidate, that everything you've ever wanted or needed or desired is never going to come true, Mm -hmm. which is not true. It's not true. Neither one of these guys are... Um, so far one direction or the other that you're never going to see progress. You're never going to see development, never going to see growth. You're never going to see success. So that's kind of bogus, but we always set up the straw man. You know, the straw man is kind of the, yeah. the guy you set up only to knock him down. Right. So I, I see these people saying this is the most important election ever, which it's not. I think there probably were other elections that were really important as well. well. I was going to say, and oh, by the way, like that's never been said about any other election oh, in the every, history. <laughs> every time it's said, this is the most important the election. The most important. So I don't know about that. And I also know this. People are really worked up. I mean, you so much as mentioned something politically and everyone freaks out mm-hmm. and everyone thinks you're making a political statement. Everyone thinks you have an agenda. And here's the thing that really bothers me personally is that I'm going to size you up as a human being based upon who you vote for. Mm. I think I, 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 I read and I've seen this repeated several times and it's really wise is the statement is I'm less concerned about who you vote for and more concerned about how you treat the person who votes differently than you. Mm. That's a great. I think that's really indicative of how a growth junkie should look at the world. Mm. It really isn't about what that person votes for or who that person votes for. It's how do you treat that person just because they vote differently. Now, I think this is the sad thing, Ben. I teased on my Facebook account that I, <laughs> if I had like a thousand people like this post, I would reveal who I voted for. And of course I got like 50 people because I knew I wouldn't have to divulge. <laughs> so I don't have to divulge who I voted for. Right. But a lot of people, you know, wanted to see who I voted for. And then the funny thing is in my feed, a lot of people didn't even care and just posted who they wanted to win. Trump 2020, Biden 2020. And I think that's ridiculous because everyone is so dead set on their particular candidate or their political position winning that they won't even tolerate anybody else seeing things differently. And so let me say this. One of the values that I have personally as a growth junkie, and I would say is a value of all growth junkies, or at least ought to be, is the ability to see beyond yourself. Mm. 
the ability to see um, the mediating positions and the arguments and the views other yeah. than your own. Right. I remember telling people years ago, I said, if you want to be a really smart person, read outside your tradition. Mm -hmm. Don't just read people who agree with you all the time. There are a lot of people who only want to hear people who agree with them. Right. They surround themselves with people who see with the same eyes, have the same worldview, the same perspective and the same persuasion. And if you do that, you're going to insulate yourself and you're not going to grow. Mm -hmm. You need to surround yourself with people who look at things differently. And that includes politics. Yeah. You should have friends in your life that are not politically inclined as you are. And you surely shouldn't, shouldn't alienate them just because they're different than you. Of course. And have the ability to sit in a conversation with them mm -hmm. and discuss things where you have just a wide range of views and do it in a profitable way. What I thought was so interesting of uh, Justice Ginsburg passing away recently and some of the viewpoints they gave on her and her relationship with Antonin Scalia was the fact that they were really, really good friends. Yes. But they were op they were opposed in so many ways politically to where they just took various sides on things. Mm -hmm. But they still had a respect for one another and their skill to be thoughtful yep. and to treat the law the way the law needed to be treated. But we look at the election of a justice, kind of what's taking place right now with this seat that's up to be filled as like everyone's got an agenda because they want to sway the court to move it a different way. And what gets lost in that is the respect for the individual mm -hmm. and their skill at doing law. See, that's how true. Good they are, you know, like, right? like RBG, you know, the fact is whether you agreed with her politically or not, you had to respect her political mind, her legal mind. Yes. And so whatever position she holds, you have to believe she came to the job without an agenda that even though she had her own personal perspectives, she knew what her job was and she performed it. Well, and it's kind of a requirement of the Supreme Court. It is. Then one of the statements that's been made about the justices is that they're, they're appointed, not voted on. Mm -hmm. So they can't be removed from office by the next election. So the, it, it's based upon the premise that whoever sits in a judicial position is going to leave their political opinions aside and not have an agenda and drive what they think is best and right and most true for the country based on the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So that's the intended purpose. And so what you have is RBG and Antonin Scalia, mm -hmm. who are from vastly different personal persuasions. Right. But they sat together on the same court and they had a friendship because they could get beyond that. And they could have uh, different personal views, but their view... Of, of the Constitution and the law and how it ought to be applied yeah. converged. Yeah, because their goal and their job together was to apply the law. That's right. It wasn't to uh, get their own personal persuasion politically to be accepted. Yeah. So here's the thing for me. I'll just reveal this. Um, I didn't align personally with either one of them. So I would never consider myself to be as conservative as Antonin Scalia mm -hmm. or as progressive as RBG. So that it doesn't, I don't align with either one, but I highly respect both. And I love the fact that they could be so different and yet get along. And I feel like that's a lost art. I feel like we live in a country today in which so few people can actually sit in the same room and tolerate one another and let alone be friends and have different perspectives or different religious beliefs or political beliefs. The ability to disagree agreeably is a lost art. And I think you raise uh, something that I want to comment on real quickly about the beauty of the way our government is set up. It allows uh, a pendulum to swing 
and in a sense, not swing too far. Mm -hmm. Now, I realize with what I'm saying that some people could take that a certain way. And, and there are there are people who I, I'm, I'm observing it from afar without any any kind of um, bias looking at it. Mm -hmm. There are checks and balances that have been put into place to allow the pendulum to swing. And it does. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't swing so far that that it compromises. Um, compromises things in the way the country runs to a point that is unrecoverable, I guess. Mm. This is just a perspective. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I get that uh, there are people who say, no, like it all needs to be significantly overhauled and changed, right? But there is a way that our government functions that has been helpful for a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we continue to deal with. I think we're just seeing surface um, so much personal emotional bias now that is influencing the way people think about the, the way the country runs that it's becoming incredibly difficult to have conversations and yeah. have the kind of friendship that Ginsburg and Scalia had. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Uh, the, the the whole in political environment we live in is, is really defined by one big question, and I've asked this question of my students in the past. It all comes down to whether the great American experiment is success or a failure. In other words. Mm -hmm. This idea of, as you mentioned, the three branches of government, mm -hmm. you know, uh, executive, legislative, judicial, mm -hmm. is that a great idea and does it work or does it not? Mm. And that really is the fundamental question. Does this experiment, you know, called the American experiment, does it work? <laughs> Do the checks and balances hold each other in check and, and, and keep power, mm. you know, in struggle? If it did, then people tend to prefer a conservative view of things to preserve them the way that they are. Mm -hmm. This experiment is good. Let's keep it. But then there are others who say, no, the experiment has failed. It doesn't work. We need a whole new format. Right. Those would be progressives. So that really is the fundamental question. And to me, that's a legitimate question to ask. It's a legitimate debate, but why we have to hate each other if we see it differently doesn't make sense to me. And yet you see people lobbing verbal grenades at each other and saying, quite honestly, it's not even about that anymore. It's about yeah. whether you agree with me on one particular social issue. Right. It really has come down to basically not even big government, small government, good government, bad government. <laughs> Regulation, deregulation. That's not really it for people. Yeah. Today, you know what it is? It's whether you agree with me or disagree with me on a social issue. Right. That's the issue. And so the one issue I know for um, at least the conservative side of Christians today is what's called the pro-life argument. Right. So to be pro-life is the issue. And I know a lot of people who said you have to vote pro-life. And so we're transitioning right here. I guess We're so. We're going to move into the issues. Yeah, let's get into the <laughs> Here issues. Here we go, right? <laughs> let's just get into it. Pro-life. And there are a lot of people I've heard say that, that if you are a Christian and you believe in the Bible and you believe in Jesus, mm -hmm. then you have no option. You have to vote Republican mm -hmm. because the Republican platform, so to speak, is the pro-life platform. And when we say pro-life, let's define it. Yeah. What are we actually talking about? Specifically about the unborn specifically the issue of abortion mm -hmm. about babies that have not been born yet and whether they can be terminated or not mm -hmm. by law. So we all know about all the, I'm not going to recount the, the history of Roe v. Wade and all that, yeah. but there's a lot of movement these days towards, will it ever be overturned? And one thing that people aren't discussing is that even if it got overturned, power would go back to the States mm -hmm. and then the States would make decisions. And quite honestly, you know, we're in Idaho. Um, if you're in uh, probably Oregon, Washington, or California, right. abortions will probably be made legal there. 
and they'll probably be illegal in Idaho and Nevada and Arizona. And if you cross the state lines, you, you know, you just have to get on a plane to fly somewhere where it is. Yeah. So even understanding turn, overturning Roe v. Wade sends a message, but it's not going to stop this. Ultimately, people are going to make their decisions. Yes. So I will confess something here, okay? <laughs> I would put myself in the camp of moderate libertarian. So if you know a libertarian position, it's largely let people make their own decisions without government interference sure. and let them enjoy the blessings or suffer the consequences of their own decisions. That's kind of a kind of an American way of looking at it, honestly. That's my own perspective. So you can understand where I'm coming from. My view is ultimately you're not going to change people's opinions or actions or choices until you change their hearts. Yeah. Unless you change their way of thinking. So the reality is even if you legislate something or delegislate something, it isn't necessarily going to change the panorama mm -hmm. of the environment all around us. Ultimately, no matter what laws passed or what laws overturn, if people, their hearts don't change and they want to continue to get abortions, well, they will. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think there's some numbers on this. I don't have the facts and figures in front of me, but I think since Roe v. Wade was passed, um, abortion numbers are trending downward. Mm -hmm. What does that say? Right. I think it's very interesting. And, and would we be informed of it? Would we be actually told those those things given the nature of of how... When you bring a cultural element into it, the, the competition that takes place in the media uh -huh. for what is what is actually shared and not shared. Yeah. And the agendas that and, and how difficult it is to wade through all the, the truths and the lies and the facts and, and, and get to a place like what is really real. Yeah. It can be incredibly challenging. Well, hey, so real quick. So because you stated your position of where you're at, does that mean I have to do yes. that too? But you can do it. You can not now. You can hold on to it and do it when you're ready. You're going to require it of me. Yes, you got to put it out there too, Ben. If I'm going to get criticism, you get criticism too. Okay. Okay. But I'm putting that, mainly. I'm sharing it so that people understand where I'm coming from yeah. and maybe why I hold the view that I do, and why I want to strangle people on both sides. You know, honestly, <laughs> because it's like you guys can't even try to see different points of view. I believe that anybody, as you grow and you mature and you get smarter and wiser and deeper and softer and all of that, mm. your ability to perceive and see the other person's argument gets stronger. And I have been in a position where I see the other arguments and I wonder why two incredibly smart, astute people can disagree so strongly on one issue. And do I dismiss one as stupid and one as smart just because they agree with me? Who am I to think that I have all the answers? So I see the arguments and I think honestly, the nuance of argument uh -huh. increases as you learn. And, and, you, and humility should set in to where you say, my perspective is one perspective, but I acknowledge there are other ones, and I want to hear those perspectives. My problem is with people who don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. They don't even want to look at it. Right. They're so dead set on this. And so here's my point. There is a narrative that is being created and that we have been fed. And one thing I believe is that we are being manipulated constantly. Mm manipulated. Are you a conspiracy theorist? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I think there are such things as conspiracies, but I do believe in agendas. Mm -hmm. And I believe a lot of people have agendas sure. and politically, especially, but the conservative movement within the Republican uh, position has been basically boiled down to this election, to the one issue of life and almost nothing else matters. It's almost like nobody cares what else is in the platform. It's just that one thing. 
and it's a litmus test. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, who I vote for is only based upon that one position. They could be a sociopath, and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. as long as they are they 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 you know promote pro life laws. Well, and I want to I want to say something about agenda because the reality is everyone has an agenda. The question is, do you acknowledge it or not? Exactly. It's not purely a political thing or anything like that. Everyone has an agenda about things that they value, that they Mm -hmm. want um, to take place. Some of those things can be really good. Some of those things can be harmful. Yeah. But everyone has an agenda. Absolutely. So I want to add a a thread in here that I think is really important to the discussion because of how much it comes up Mm. related to uh, this conversation and all of the periphery issues that get discussed. Mm -hmm. At the base, uh, especially social, when we start looking at social issues, uh, is the role that love plays, right? This is what we talk a lot about on this podcast. And the the uh, cards that get thrown out in issues and areas of disagreement, and often you hear, well, we just need to be more loving, or, or it's about love. And that is a, a, something I would say 100% yes, but now what are we talking about? And it doesn't always seem like the issue of being loving in the discussion or or uh, the outworkings of the end results of those discussions mm. is to accomplish a loving end, right? It becomes a battle. It yeah. becomes a competition. It becomes yeah. a fight. And if we really are looking to be loving, wouldn't the conversations look a whole lot a whole lot different than they do. Absolutely. And I, I would say so much as this, to, to that point, the way you treat somebody who disagrees with you reveals the state of your own heart. And anybody that's lobbing verbal grenades and wants to blow somebody apart simply because they don't agree with you politically, is, is it, that's not loving. That's not loving. Loving allows us to hear, to understand. Not to agree, not necessarily to agree, right. but at least to hear and understand and if you're not willing to at least ask a question or to try to understand how somebody perceives things, so this issue of pro-life, the issue of abortion, mm-hmm. um, I don't know about you, but I'm getting tired. I'm getting really tired of the only thing that matters in this discussion is that unborn child. Mm-hmm. Listen, I believe in a conception. It's a child. I believe this is a, this is a very important subject. I believe it is a child. I am pro-life. I believe that child should never be aborted. I think that that would be the ideal. Mm-hmm. But I also care about the mother. And I understand living in a fallen world that moms, you know, there's all kinds of situations that are very complex and difficult. And I'm getting kind of tired of people saying it doesn't matter. She doesn't matter. All that matters is that baby in the womb. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of a lot of guys, by the way, saying that. And part of me says, dude, seriously. Do you really understand what that woman may be up against or the position she finds herself in? Yeah. Have you even tried to have compassion and empathy for her? Uh-huh. And so I feel like it's totally hypocritical to only care about that child in the womb and give no consideration to the life outside the womb, the mother carrying it. And to just boil it down and say all that matters is black and white, legal or illegal, is to to overlook all the nuances and complexities of the situation. And so when you wade into all the nuances and complexities of the conversation, there's plenty there and it becomes incredibly difficult. See, mm-hmm. one of the issues we face uh, medically is that the word abortion is the only word you have in a sense to describe one thing, which is the termination of a child mm-hmm. in during uh, the pregnancy cycle. And so that is difficult. 
there are a lot of circumstances that come about for people mm-hmm. while they're carrying a child, while a woman is carrying a child. And, and the reality is if that, if that pregnancy is terminated, it's considered an abortion. Mm-hmm. And that it carries so much weight and is such a hot button conversation yeah. that it makes it very, very difficult to, to talk about it. And, um, I'm not going to take a position on this issue per se, other than I think the position we eventually get to, and and I tend to lean this direction is that pro-life is bigger than just abortion. You mean to get to that. That's and, important. And that, that is something that I, I, I want to discuss at length, uh, in this podcast, but the, the reality is the nuances and the complexities have to be dealt with, I think in a more tender and empathetic way than maybe they are. It is not as black and white as you're saying, as, well, as you stated earlier. And that's it. And I think I told you this, uh, you know, before we recorded this episode that, um, I think a lot of this is personality. I think politics is personality. I have found that generally, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to overgeneralize, but it's just my own experience. So I'm going to caveat that way. But I've noticed that generally conservatives are pretty unempathetic Hmm. uncompassionate, pretty black and white people. Like that's just kind of my experience. They tend to be more harsh (laughs) and sort of judgmental. And that's just a general observation. Someone's angry now. I, of course, but I'm just saying, (laughs) this is my experience. I hear you. Generally low empathy, low compassion, uh, black and white. That's generally my observation. Um, progressives or liberals generally high empathy, high compassion, you know, and, uh, but but lower in clarity. So there's a whole, they see all various colors, you know, mm. and lower conviction, so to speak. So there's a general sort of observation in which I see personalities gravitate almost to a political persuasion based upon who they get along with, how they operate, their own personalities, their own proclivities. And I hate to boil it down that, but I think it's true. I think people kind of gravitate to one or the other based upon their own personality. Well, can I add a piece into this yeah. too from my observation? Okay. Both of them are irresponsible with their passion at times. Mm-hmm. I think my observation would be, I, I think I would tend to agree with your characterizations. Both sides care about different, they care about different things, right? Mm-hmm. They have their things mm-hmm. that they're all about but both can be very irresponsible with their passion. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a given. And so I think um, in, in the range of political positions, you have what would be the polarized views. Mm-hmm. People who are the, the sort of extreme examples. And we always you know, cite the extreme example of the opposing side. When in fact, there are a lot of people in the middle, and I, I would call it the, the silent majority. I would go so far as to say that there's probably a lot more moderates who are quieter in times like these because they don't have dogs in every hunt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't feel like they have to fight over every issue. They just go out and vote. They just do their part. So the, the loudest squeaky wheels are the people who are extreme. And they're the ones who are chiming in on news shows and radio call-ins. And they're the ones who are harping and yelling and screaming and posting on Facebook. But I think there's a lot of people out there that actually fit in that profile of the silent majority, which why I prefer to be the unsilent majority. Sometimes the moderates and those who can see the mediating positions should speak up. But do you think the silent majority, though, uh, in our culture mostly gets characterized as conservatives, though? I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe. I think because I feel like that term has often been used 
to characterize that group of people. No, I feel like they get they, they get viewed as neutral, and the neutral people get beat up on both sides. You're not conservative enough. You're not liberal enough. Yeah, silence is violence. Silence is violence. But I think, honestly, the hard part about being in the middle in a moderating position is you take it from both ends. <laughs> both people are, you know, they hit you in the face and hit you in the rear. So the reality is conservatives don't like you because they think you're, you don't have enough backbone. Mm-hmm. And then progressives don't like you because they feel like you are too convictionful. You're too this, you're too that. And so it's difficult to be in the position. And I think a lot of us kind of stay in silence because we don't want to get beat up on both sides. Yeah. So Growth Junkies, we have much more to talk about about this topic. And we are going to have another episode you should tune into as we continue our conversation on politics and the various issues involved in it. So um, in the next episode, you get to hear Ben even talk about his own political position. So you should tune in for that. And so thanks for joining us. Um, We look forward to you joining us at our next episode here on The Growth Junkies. See you next time.